present High History. back to the Weed of Time podcast, where we smoke copious amounts of flour, sometimes our snacks are sour, and we are going to talk about the one power. I'm the shame of Tarvalon, and I'm here with my husband slash co-host, Dang. No spo is camping right now, which means that this will be a full spoiler episode. Today, we are here to talk about the incredibly fucked up history of Sean Sean. The continent. Yeah, the, enti- the entire continent. All of it. Yeah. The people have asked, and people shall receive. The patrons were asked, the patrons will receive, not gonna lie. Um, the, the, the people's history of Shan Shan. Yes. Okay, so dang, Shaitan's lettuce and munchies, what do we smoke? So, that's the weird thing about the Shaitan's lettuce, is at this point, um, I just don't know anymore. Um, I've stopped paying attention to what weed's in the house, even though I'm the one that buys it. Um, I just put things in the grinder and go, but we smoked like ten bowls of whatever was in the grinder. You ever just feel that way, fam? Our snacks. Okay, so for our snacks, it's actually pretty fucking lit. Sometime in the last month was my birthday. And shame has made cupcakes in honor of the occasion. And they're like vanilla cupcakes with like this really sugary kind of vanilla icing on top, but mm-hmm. it's got strawberry jam infused in the middle. Yeah. They're sexy as fuck. I've already had one, so is she. Um, I'm going to eat three more at least. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Our cat's roaming around making noises. And alternating bite for drink here with the cupcake, I've got mm. Bud Light. Which, like, not gonna lie, shit-tier beer. But, hear me out, they got me with the rainbow can. I was wrong, it's not a trans flag. See, I, I wasn't You were right about the lighting! <gasps> Betrayed am I. We have a colored light in our, um... Can you show me the other side? Yeah. We have a colored Darn light it. in our smoking space. And Shame thought that the heart on this can was a trans flag with the colors coming out from it. That would have been cool. It would have been very nice, but instead it's just not, which is less nice. But it's still a rainbow flag, so like that's still good. Anyways, um So we're we getting into it then? Yep, we're we're jumping in to the history of the Shawn and the cat attacking my chair. <laughs> good lord. Doesn't she know we're oh. trying to be professionals over here? Yeah, I'm drinking water by the way. Oh holy <laughs> shit. Out of my mammoth mug. That actually opened at the precisely correct moment. Can we, can we like, when we're drinking water on the show, can we call it White Cloak Tears? 
Yes. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. 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 So after the, we're starting after the breaking. So the, it kind of seems like during the Age of Legends, it was kind of like Pangea. All the continents were connected. All the continents were connected, and at the very least, people knew where they were. Um, and then after the breaking and the world started exploding, that didn't happen no more. So there was it broke some, the world. That's, it broke that's the, the world. Yeah, that's why it's called the breaking. Of the world. <laughs> of the world, indeed. indeed A indeed. world was broken. Betwixt in parts. And if you look up in the dictionary, broken, it's something like things being made More into things. smaller pieces. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's what happened. Yeah. I wasn't there, but I'm sure. Becoming ineffective, I think, would be a better mm. definition, because, like, a computer could be broken without... Any hardware actually being broken? Yeah. I get you. Anyways, so that's that's what breaking means. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... After the breaking, they essentially got separated from everybody else, and people either didn't know where they were or they weren't able to travel anymore things. But what happened over there, they were not attached to Shia Ghoul. They are basically the Americas on a map. Yeah, if, if you consider the Westlands or Randland yeah. to be Europe, basically, yeah. then North and South America comprise Shan Shan. Yeah. Definitely. Good way to visualize it. Yes, indeed. So that's the whole thing. Um, so Shia Ghul was not attached there. They're not attached by the Arctic. There is no Arctic that attaches those continents. They are inaccessible by water. So because there was... Thing, or, yeah, anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. But anyways, they were completely unconnected. So what happened over there was a number of like different small provinces emerged and they were like constantly fighting for power a number of which were run by female Aes Sedai because, of course, they would have power they could channel. That just makes sense. They're OP, you know? Like, anyways. They, they did it on one continent. They can do it on another. That's just true. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and actually, I think it's my understanding they also did it in Shara, didn't they? No. No? Okay. Or... There's rumors that it is, but it's, like, behind the scenes and hidden and secret. Okay, okay. Because they're all technically servants, but we'll do a Shara episode at some point, don't oh, we? Oh, hot damn. Yeah, yeah. Right, sorry, uh, you can continue. Anyways, so, um, a lot of these provinces were ruled by a female Aes Sedai. They were constantly warring with each other. Borders were constantly shifting because of these wars. Countries were being absorbed, split, all that sort of shit. Um, so during this time, Aes Sedai were using the power openly. Uh, a lot of them would create temporary alliances with, uh, or a lot of the rulers who were not only Aes Sedai would, like, create temporary alliances and then betray somebody and go to the other side, because they were constantly fighting for advancement and a higher position as well. It's all and I definitely just touched the pep halo on my head and then rubbed my eyes oh, and can no. barely see right now. Oh, no, you need me to take over? A little bit for All a right. second, please. While she recovers from essential oil mishap, I will continue. I'm going to um, die. Essentially, the entirety of Shan Chan culture is supposed to have been um, just jockeying for position in an, a really extended game of houses. The search for power. The yeah. For, yeah. The game of houses. The game of thrones. Days Um and assassin, uh, sorry, people who kept their word were considered fools in Shan Shan. 
Assassination was the most common cause of death for Aes Sedai and any others who were who who achieved power. Our so, cat is just getting into shenanigans. She's just knocking shit off and getting into bags. Fuck off, you little asshole. What are you doing? She's getting into the basket of prompts. Oh, she's going to go bully the dog. <laughs> That's one of her favorite pastimes. We're so sorry, listeners, but our house has descended into pandemonium. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, she's coming this way. Something wicked this way comes. Okay, um, <laughs> lots, lots of people got assassinated. Oh, it's worse with the glasses on. Now, at some point after the breaking, we're not sure when, Aes Sedai were using portal stones to bring creatures from parallel worlds into their own. So the Groms, the Torm, all this sort of stuff. The reason they brought these in was because they still have a blight in Shanchan, and that blight was still full of Trollocs and Mergel. So we assume this happened very close after the breaking rather than... It, it would be closer to the breaking than to now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they used those creatures to kill all of the Shan, or all of the shadow spawn that existed in the world, and <laughs> or in their part of the world. And then because it wasn't connected to Shia Ghul, which I mentioned earlier and said would be important, no more Shadow Spawn could show up. So they didn't, which is why no one from Shan Chan believes in Shadow Spawn. So they've just got a bit of a bullshit tundra up north that is kind of empty. Yep. Like, bizarre. Yep. <laughs> it's fucked. Those lucky motherfuckers, honestly. <laughs> I know. And then they also have like cool pets. So, um, anyway. has jumped on Dang and apparently wants his cupcakes. By the way, uh, two of four done, everybody. Um. Cupcakes. Now, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to see my notes around the cat here. Anyway, Shanchan was, the entire continent was basically in this state when Luther Pendrag arrived with yes. his glorious army of the Empire. Yes. So, if you want to hear more about this, like, really, really in-depth, you can go back to our Arthur Hawkwing episode where we talked about circumstances leading up to why Luther Pendrag mm. arrives. We're not going to redo that, because we literally did an episode on that entire thing. It's High History Episode 1, Arthur Hawkwing. Go, go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's a great prequel to what we're talking about now. Yes, if you haven't. Anyways, so now, Luther Pendrag arrives. And this was it, bad. This was very bad for the people of Sean John overall. So he left in free year 992, uh, and he had approximately 2,000 ships and about 300,000 soldiers and settlers. Uh, so when he got there, Shanchan was in this kind of chaos state. They're all fighting. Um, nothing's l- legit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think at one point, one of the, either the companion or the world of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time describes it as a patchwork quilt of ever-changing yeah. um, borders. states and borders yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So he got there, and then he also... Some nations were like, oh ho, this is going to... This invasion is going to suit my methods. I'm going to team up with this guy to attack my neighbor because fuck him. They just saw it as an opportunity. They saw it as an opportunity. So then they would they would ally with him temporarily, and then they'd betray him later. And many of the rulers of these nations were Aes Sedai. And Luther Pendrag was, you know, Ardor Hawkwing's son. Which, as you've listened to the episode, you will know, Ardor Hawkwing, at the end of his life, did not like Aes Sedai. There, there, there's quite a bit of his life where he was waging war against Aes Sedai. And the other thing is, Luther comes over here like, so hey, they might have killed his first wife and children. True. 
But Luther comes over like, hey, everybody, I'm trying to do colonialism. And everybody's just like, okay, come help us out with this thing, and then we'll help you. And then betraying him. Yeah. And they're just ruled by Aes Sedai. He's obviously very inconvenienced by the lack of colonialism. <laughs> so, he's, of course, he's going to get pissed off, you know? <laughs> Excellent way to state it. Thank you. So, yeah, he saw this. So, now he's like, fuck them. I hate them. They're, they're, they're awful. He's got a grudge now. So, yeah. So, eventually, he starts taking more and more provinces in Shan Shan. So, his allies start to stop betraying him because they know that he's going to win. So, they just... They start to fear what they he will do if they betray him. So, over the 300 years after his arrival, this period is known as either the conquest or the consolidation. Depends on who you ask. Depends on who you ask. So, this occurred over 300 years, and the entirety of Shantan was colonized. The entirety. It took about 200 years after that, so 500 years, between 300 and 500, years after Luther Pendrag arrived, before, like, resistance and rebellion started to be, like, chill. Because before that, it was pretty consistent. Now it's rare. So it took, like, centuries before he yeah. actually consolidated Shanshan into one big empire. But, of yeah. course, he couldn't possibly have lived that long. Mm-hmm. So, his <laughs> descendants did it. The only rulers during this time were descendants of Pendrag, which we now know as the Blood. And it was centuries after his arrival before others who were not of the blood started to be raised to the blood. Because that's a thing that they can do, even though it's a little bit bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> if you're the blood, you're of the blood. But if you're not of the blood, you're not of the blood. <laughs> Either you're descended from him or you're not. Yeah. You can't be promoted into somebody's yeah. family. I, like, yeah. that's adoption, but... Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah. But whatever, it's a social status at this point, it doesn't matter. Exactly, it's a construct. Even, it's a social construct. <laughs> More than it is an actual, like, genetic term. Anyways, so it was centuries before others began being raised to the blood. Uh, and one of the things that allowed Pendrag to completely dominate the entire continent of Shanchan was the discovery of a terangriel that we all know as an idom. Idom? Really? Idom. That's horrendous. I rue the day you ever started listening to the fucking audiobooks. <laughs> it has ruined so many things for me. <laughs> Horrible. Do we have the do we have the book? Yeah. Check it. Check the pronunciation of the book. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so happy to be wrong. Right? For the audiobooks to be wrong. Like, we're a weed podcast, but we're a very thorough podcast. We make sure our shit's legit. So, like, Adam is not in here. Oh. I I don't understand how it can't be in here, but it's not... Oh, wait, hold on. Is it in the A apostrophe section? Probably. Oh, of course it's going to be. I also wouldn't have remembered an A apostrophe section, so, like, good on you for remembering that while high. There... Is there no A apostrophe section? No, it's okay. It's just there's a very long IEL section that I thought I had transitioned into like a, oh. a forward or something. It was bizarre. <laughs> Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, here we go. A apostrophe. Ah, damn. Okay. It doesn't have pronunciation in here. 
Bullshit. The companion does not have pronunciation. Ugh. It would be in the Great Hunt. Glossary. I'm gonna go for the Great Hunt because we we can't talk about these things until I know for sure. Yep. He needs to know exactly how mean he needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> so we are looking in the Great Hunt glossary. I damn, that's bullshit. That's stupid as fuck. Robert Jordan couldn't name things for shit. He couldn't spell for shit. Like, literally, it's... He was a fucking asshole. I hate everything. <laughs> Quit the show. As he stuffs cupcake in his mouth. Goddamn right. Anyway. Jesus. What about the item? So, the item was first made by an Aes Sedai, obviously, because only Chandlers can make Terangrail. This was allegedly. Not, allegedly. This was an Aes Sedai named Diane. Uh, so she brought it to Pendrag because she wanted to be powerful. And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, nah. The only people that can, like, hold this are women that can channel. And obviously, I'm doing him a favor, so I'm not going to be one of the women called by this. She was pretty confident, you know? Mm-hmm. She, she, she had this on lock. So she believed that he was going to win and that this would give her rich rewards later. So several years after she first gives him the Idom and he begins channeling Aes Sedai, or chaining Aes Sedai, but those Aes Sedai are being controlled by other Aes Sedai, there's the discovery of Suldom. Dun, dun, dun. Which are women who can learn to channel, but don't have the talent inborn, and if they're not taught, will not learn to channel. And they're like, oh my god, this sounds like all of our problems. <laughs> because we fucking hate Aes Sedai. And this way we get to chain all of the Aes Sedai. We don't need to have half of them as fake friends. Yeah! Fuck this shit we out! And then they chained all of them. And uh, so that... That was not good for Diane, the creator of the item. Our White Cloak listeners are just like slobbering right now at the idea. <laughs> Chaining all of the Aes Sedai. But not killing, no, they're too valuable. They wouldn't like that part. So, uh, Diane, the creator of the Idom, she really didn't like it uh, when she was then collared by an Idom. Because, like, I feel like the irony of that would just kill you for the rest of your life. Like, the knowledge that this was incredibly your fault and there's <laughs> no denying it. Just the knowledge that, like... You fucked up so bad. Listen, take every Homer Simpson dope of yeah. all time and put it into one single dope and the energy with which that was delivered. And that is how, or it is said that her screams shook the Towers of Midnight, which is like an abandoned ex-military headquarter. At that time, would it have been abandoned though? No, not at the time. At okay. the time, it would have been their military headquarters until they took Shondar. See, see, that's why I was thinking she was probably in the yes. Towers of Midnight. Yes, she was. You? Yes. Sorry. I, I misspoke. Or I spoke in an unpleasant way. It is now abandoned. Nobody uses it uh, because they took Shondar and it's better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a new Towers of Midnight. A better one. Tower of Ravens instead. Oh, because Ravens are black as midnight. I guess that... You think they... I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> okay. 
So the eye dog then allowed Pendrag to use the one power without having to ally himself with the Aes Sedai. Once Suldan were discovered, he found this generally to his liking. He got to enslave them instead. Yeah, he got to enslave them instead, and he he quite liked that the the um, human trafficker that he was. And and <laughs> one other thing, if I'm not mistaken, slavery was already like an established industry yes. in Shanchan when he arrived. Yes. So he was just like overjoyed when he got the idam because he's yeah. like, you're already allowed to do this anyway. I'm just mm. gonna do this. Yep. Indeed. So. We're pretty sure that Pendrag knew that Suldam were women who could learn to channel, but he suppressed the knowledge, and it was probably lost within a hundred years of that ever kind of being known. Which is why it's a great goopening when we find out yeah. in the time series. Yeah. When they come to a continent where we know that women can learn to channel. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Yikes. sorry. <laughs> what I've done. <laughs> It's the high podcast, folks. That's what you come here for. <laughs> it's fucking really So, eventually, Luther Pendrag received word from the Westlands of Arthur Hawkwing's death, but then no, nothing else ever came. So, no other ships came with information. So, he assumed that the, entire, the Empire had fallen, and he was right to do so. But he did plan for the eventuality that it had or hadn't fallen. Yes. He, he, he did have... A backup, just in case yes. he assumed wrong. But we can get to that a little later. Can we talk a little more about the return? Yeah, but I was going to say, this is yeah, when he can... began planning the Karens of the Return of the Time. So he resolved to either, or to build Sean Chan's strength for the purpose of taking back that kingdom, and then if they arrived and everybody was still loyal, that's great. Yeah, exactly. They, they weren't were... necessarily going to just murder everybody. So, Shan Chan now kind of practices. So, the Shan Chan women are tested for the ability to channel or to be a Suldom each year until the power would have manifested. So, I think that would probably be like 18, 20-ish, maybe. So, the power would have shown up by then, if it would have shown up. They're also tested at the same time. Or, I said I said to be a Suldom. Yeah, so they're tested to either if channel they the power or... inborn or if they could learn. So, those with the ability inborn in them, as soon as they are discovered to have that, they are immediately cha uh, chained as demonic. Which, so they are enslaved and human trafficked. <laughs> they are written out of all of their family records and all of the citizen roles, uh, as they are now considered to be less than human. So they were never a person that had ever existed. Yes. And I they think... had been mistaken about them being a person that whole time. And I think it's actually kind of a big deal... We're going to talk about this a little more later, I think. Um, it's it's a big deal to make note here. Mm -hmm. Part of why this is so severe mm -hmm. is because of the overall culture and societal structure mm -hmm. of Sean Sean. Yep. Um, if we thought the Aiel with their GA toe were bad, Sean mm -hmm. Sean culture is like a lot harsher. Yeah. It's all about honor it's it's, it's yeah. basically a caste system right and what i was saying to dang a little bit is what happens to sean sean men who are found to be able to channel they're just immediately executed and they're also removed from all those roles mm. and something we had been talking about in the garage last night i think it's important to bring up yeah, probably here it, because it. it's on topic and i think it's just more fluid to do it this way you know let's do it so with that 
we were talking about how we see Damane begging to be leashed. We see Suldom begging to be leashed when they find out that they can channel things like that. Because in Suldom, or in John John, everybody does things according to honor and tradition and the way things are meant to be. And there's no deviance at all. But anyway, stuff like that. So we imagined the possibility that people might not have to go looking for men that can channel. Because we were talking about if there would be like Damane Red Aja, like people whose job it is to hunt down men who can channel and bring them back. Red Aja, Red Aja Damane Death Squads, basically. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I think that's how you said it. Um, but we are, I posited the theory that a lot of those men might turn themselves in. They just throw themselves yeah. at, at the... Uh... At the Empire, basically, say, yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm here, please come take me. Yeah, something weird's been happening. Like, they, I feel like they would... And I also feel like the main people who would deal with that would be the Seekers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they would be the ones getting all that information, and then they could alert... Um, they could set, then send a Suldom with Demone and potentially a Seeker to accompany them mm-hmm. to go deal with it. Actually, they'd probably take a number of Suldom and Demone, but... Wouldn't be surprised if they... I feel like the Seekers would be the people in charge of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At at least at the... At the the investigative level. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Anyway, we'll come back to the Seekers for Truth later because they're fucked up. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And ended up getting plagiarized a little, I think. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, um, Damane, though they are seen as less than human are rarely ever killed because they're so valuable. Like, as a resource, they're just so useful. Um, But they can be subjected to brutal punishment, including the removal of the tongue, hands, and or feet, because none of those things are actually needed to channel. Yeah. Horrifying. So the main way that we see Damani being used in the series is as weapons, but they're also... Yes. We also see a little bit of some of the industry that you're used for when we see Egwene mm. uh, captive. Because she was going to be brought back to Chan Chan to locate and refine ores, metals, things like that. Because she has a talent for Earth. So they mine, like we said, build large structures. Some Damane will also heal. Healing is weird in Shanchan. Uh, many Shanchan citizens refuse to ever get healing from the power uh, because it would be it's viewed society like you're allowing a dog to be your doctor kind of thing. So because of that, healing is very rare among Shanchan channelers because where would they use it? Where would they mm-hmm. learn it? It's just not something they practice. So it's evidence of societal attitudes actually influencing what kind of talents are displayed. Yeah. Different cultures require different things to maintain themselves. Mm-hmm. So they develop the the essentially they develop the propaganda and the cultural norms for mm-hmm. justifying themselves. Yep. Weird. Mm-hmm. Weird how that works. Okay. So like we said, men who can channel, they're executed, they're expunged from all records. Um which Note, note that I had for here, that I wanted to bring it up. This also means that Shanchan is probably also experiencing a decline in the amount of channelers that they're finding, similar to the Westlands because of the lack of breeding, essentially. The genetic pool is getting smaller. And 
something I brought up to Dang last night in the garage as well, because we were bad, we chatted about it a little bit before the episode, which we try not to do usually. Um, that is probably not quite as bad as it is in the Westlands, because they're, they're cha- their women channelers will live longer mm-hmm. than I said I do generally. Because they're not swearing on the oath rod. Yeah, because they're not swearing on the oath rod. Um, so the kin would be the only ones to balance that out, really. But the other thing I mentioned is because there's no women who can learn to channel in that their original pool is much, much smaller. So they probably have way fewer channelers overall. And at numerous times they do state that the Suldom really outnumber the Demane. Which you'd think at some point. And, and maybe, maybe it's actually somewhat a bad thing that Luther Pendrag let history forget mm-hmm. that Suldam could learn to channel. Mm-hmm. Because if they'd known that, they could have developed a system by which some were taught to channel mm-hmm. and then used as Damane to balance that out. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. They, they could have planned a more efficient way of doing that. I if think you'd have known. to do it like super secretively, though. Of course they would, but but they're a politically, they're a society of political intrigue anyway. Yeah. That that wouldn't be beyond the way they were written. I don't think. Lie about how long it takes to assess some needed channel. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Make them go through a few tests, right? But do you uh, think you could do that tests. without with their or without their cooperation? Because I don't think you could ever get a Sean Chung woman to want to channel. Oh, that's true. But the Westlands have... The Westlands have the knowledge that there are blocks sometimes. Yeah. And they work on strategies for getting around them, so I don't see why mm-hmm. the Sean Chan couldn't as well. I think with, that's... To some success. Yeah. I just... I think that's different because a block is somebody already has the ability to channel. It's just under certain circumstances. Oh, okay. Because Nynaeve could channel, but only when she was angry. Right. Um, so it's person, tied to the inborn yeah. ability, not yes. the ability. Yes, and the person who was trying to break her block for her could only channel if there was a boy in the room. Like, Yeah. It, it's weird restrictions like that. Rather than just blocking the ability altogether. No, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I still think Sean Chan could have been more efficient with the knowledge. Mm-hmm. They could have had a better pool of mm-hmm. Damane, right? Yeah, I just think you'd have to be very, very careful about how you did that. Mm-hmm. And I think it would also be very difficult to teach them to channel. Mm-hmm. Just without their cooperation. Um, but they could definitely do experiments on it, and they probably would, considering who, like, who they are. <laughs> like, I was going to say, like, look at everything else they did, yeah. right? I don't think those things are beyond them. No, absolutely mm. not. I'm just, I'm just not sure if it would work. Sure. Um, so, a lot of the Shanchan values and practices were not brought with Pendrag, but... And this is the key. This is the key to all imperialism. This is how you make imperialism work. And I, I acknowledge that all imperialism is bad. I don't like imperialism. It's bad. Bad. But historically, this is how you make imperialism work. Is, is you adopt the practices of the people that you are colonizing so they don't notice a huge change in their quality of life and then allow themselves to be colonized. Mm-hmm. That is... 
how you effectively bring about imperialism. So you you let enough stay that they're not jolted right away, yes. right? Like, and that's like if you're actually you know not just conducting genocide like they did in fucking North America. Exactly. But I'm like, thinking like Romans over Greece kind of stuff. Or or Christianity coming to Ireland even. Yeah, stuff like that. Like that's how imperialism kind of works is you adopt some of the practices of the people there mm-hmm. to make it less jolting and less likely to exist. And that's exactly what Luther Pendrag did because he's a filthy imperialist. Even though he kind of <laughs> sucked at it and... Yes. So many descendants to get it done. I was going to say, the other thing, though, is, like, he did learn from the best imperialist of them all. He really did. Arter Hawkwing. He, like, he's just his less good son at imperialism. It took longer. It was also a larger amount of space. (laughs) It's true. Anyways. So... A lot of the John John practices were not brought with Pendrag, but existed prior to his rival. And one of these was are being the human trafficking. So um, Daco Valley or Co Valley. So either like it's property or the property or something. Mm. So, however, in John John society, because so many people are enslaved and human trafficked, freedom does not actually correlate with honor or power as it would in most other societies. So a lot of the upper or enslaved people in upper class roles, so like the speakers that we see, mm-hmm. um, they can outrank the common free people, mm-hmm. which is fucked. Even though they are enslaved and seen yeah. as less than human. Yeah. And That's a weird way to run a society, you know? It's a weird way to run a society, but it's happened in the real world too. That's true. Like I, I have just recently been listening to a documentary on um, the Haiti, the Haitian yeah. slave uprising. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that it took so long to get going as a movement mm-hmm. is because there were uh, African people who had been brought over, mm-hmm. but not made slaves. Right. And they could hold authority and rank within society over, mm-hmm. you know, the people yeah. that were brought with them, the, the actual slaves. Mm-hmm. And so when slaves started uprising, they had other African people. Mm-hmm fighting back against that because they thought Mm -hmm. they had a vested interest in quashing that uprising. Mm -hmm. So just interesting because it's a real life thing that's happened as well. Um, Yeah. Fair enough. Um, So in Sean Sean society, a lot of commoners actually want to become upper level servants, otherwise known as slaves. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wonderful. Otherwise known as kidnapped person, hostage. Victim of human trafficking. Some person with Stockholm Syndrome. True. Uh, so the, they want to become one of these because it's basically one of the only ways to increase the station that you're born into. Uh, so they want this in spite of the fact that it means that in addition to just them, every single one of all of their descendants will also be slaves. <laughs> yeah, because you just send your entire family into slavery when you go in Sean Sean. Yeah. Like, forever. Yep. Forever. <clears throat> And, and that's such a bizarre thing to, to imagine that damning your entire family line to be seen as less than human mm-hmm. is one of your only avenues of upward class mobility. Mm-hmm. That is a deeply damaged society. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt is one of the only place, ways to increase <laughs> your standing in society. Yep. <laughs> that's a call out post for the real world. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, higher education. True, though. 
should be public. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Save it for the sequel episode. I don't know if we're still doing two. Oh, that's fair. Saucy, we'll see. So, now the Shanshan Empire is ruled by either an empress or emperor, because, of course, we have binary gender roles as Robert Jordan. Uh, this empress or emperor is always believed to be a direct descendant of Luther Pendrag. The ruling monarch chooses who will follow them onto the throne from among the immediate royal family. So this creates the like the daughter of nine moons rule that Tuan fills. So this essentially means that the original conflict of all the Shanshan countries warring with each other and backstabbing each other and assassinating each other is now effectively just the Shanshan ruling class. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a fun fact next. Um. I, I did just want to mention yeah. quickly um, that it's not descending matrilinearly or patrilinearly. Any direct descendant. Um, it, it, it's not about who's the oldest sibling either. It's encouraged by the emperor or empress at all times, in fact, that their, their children mm-hmm. be like trying to assassinate each other and shit like so that because, the strongest and best of them will survive exactly it shows initiative it shows that you want to be the emperor or empress right and if you're not doing that you're never going to be named daughter or presumably son of, of the, the nine, nine moons. moons so imagine that imagine in, imagining raising your kids to kill try and other. kill each other to gain your favor fucked deeply damaged society mm-hmm. um, anyway so my fun fact so the crystal throne, this is the throne that the empress or emperor sits on. This is actually a terangreal. And this terangreal causes anyone who approaches it to feel immense awe and wonder, which is why only the reigning monarch is allowed to sit on it. That is such a fucking hack. It's <laughs> bullshit. It's dazzling them with some smoke and mirrors. Like, yeah. it's, it's so shitty. It's using magic. It's, it's not fat. It's cop out. Yeah. And then just Sean Chan are obsessed with class and they use many physical cues to denote that, like hair and nails and clothing and stuff. And uh, the world of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time goes into this quite detailed. Yes. So if you want more information on this, go ahead. But just for a couple examples, yeah. different classes of people will wear lacquered nails on different fingers or shave their heads in different patterns. Or never, um, ever shave any part of their head. Um. And, and it's these... Where their su- hair at different lengths. It's these subtle little things that um, show someone's class just out in the street. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird to... It, it's written very much in a way that makes that seem alien and strange. It's like they've got all these mm-hmm. weird customs to show class. They're a... But, it's like, we have car brands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we have brand names and that does the same yeah. fucking thing. There's Gucci, that exists. Yeah, and... It's, it's not hard to look at people on the street and see who has more or less money mm-hmm. most of the time in broad strokes, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's not all that different. Yeah. Anyway. So now we're skipping to the Karen. The Karen begins. The return. The return. So, in New Era 1998, I nope, really... Nope. What is it? 998. What did I say? 1998? 1998. <laughs> I did this last time with Arthur Hawkwing. So in New, new Era, Era 998, the Karen begins. This began when 500 Shanshan ships arrived at Falma. This was the Helen, otherwise known as the Forerunners. We're going to skip everything that happens after that because we assume you've read The Great Hunt. 
So after gathering are losing the battle at Falm, High Lady Siroth corrals the Helen on a Seafolk Island. FYI, they took Seafolk Island. Uh, <laughs> Imperialism. Imperialism. So they rebuild their strength there, and then from there they take Tanchico and then Abu Dar. And just to be clear, because I think I'm a little hazy on the details here. Yes. When they take Abu Dar, that's mm-hmm. the end of Path of Daggers when Rand has yeah. Kalindor and gets sick. It's when the wall falls on Matt. It's when the Bull of Winds is about to be used. They're fleeing the city. Oh, it's then. Yeah, that's when Abu Dar gets taken. It happens at the other end of the book than I thought. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. I've got it now. I remember what happens in all the plot lines. I don't always remember how they line up. It's all good. (laughs) Anyways. um, So, yeah, they take Tanjiko and Abu Dar. And you can read both of those in the Wheel of Time, so we'll skip that again. So this was swiftly followed by the Fulcran. This included soldiers and settlers. So it was approximately a thousand ships in addition to their earlier five hundred ships, uh, and included hundreds of thousands of people. They basically reverse did. They're trying to reverse do the colonization of yeah. Shan Shan. At yeah, this point. it goes poorly for them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, it took five hundred years the first time, so why wouldn't it take? I meant on little. the original continent. Oh, I see. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, fair enough. So Tuon, the daughter of the Nine Moons, an heir to the Shanshan Empire, accompanies the true Karen, uh, generally to take a leadership role of it, because she's like right hand to the Empress, you know? That's she, just... She's the favorite for the throne. Yeah. So during... she's, she's nameless for the throne, you know? Yeah. So after our Tuon arrives, people start to kind of figure out that Suldam might be able to channel... And a few people figured that out, and Tuon learns of it when she's with Matt in Valen Lucas Circus, or Caravan. And this is a big deal. Because, because Tuon is a Suldam. Dun, dun, dun. And she's like, that doesn't matter as long as I believe it. And then carries on. She goes real Morpheus on the whole deal. Yeah. I know it's because I believe it. Yeah, he did Absolutely not have well-written fun. dialogue in the no. second and third movies. <laughs> Anyways, so since the arrival of the Karen, uh, just the following areas have fallen into Shantan control. So Abu Dar in southern Altara, Amadisia, Terabon, and partial Seafolk territory, as we've established. They've all fallen now. Um, the Shanshan attempted to invade Ilion, but they were stopped by the Dragon Reborn, and everybody thought they lost the battle. <laughs> that was what I was thinking of. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> then, anytime the Shanshan in the Westlands took an area, uh, population was tested for channeling, and many women were kidnapped and enslaved as demonic. Uh, Including because... Yes. <laughs> But that that was a different that was a setup. That wasn't just during a sweep. Oh no, that's right. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Leandrin, she a bitch. That's true. Yeah. Oh. You're me. When we when you're rereading the series, I feel like you're gonna be like so much more like pushy about things because you're gonna be more sure about everything. Yeah, I'm gonna be more opinionated. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so whilst they were over Conducting the Karen and trying to re-imperialize. Uh, Semirog went over, uh, back from where she was pretending to be Tuan's speaker. Or no, not uh, truth speaker. Something like that. Yeah. Right? Voice. No, not voice. 
truth speaker. The one that told her to shut up and be, like, the one that got to say mean things to her. <laughs> Anyways. So Samurag was like, two ones gone. I have a plan. So she went back to Sean Sean. I assume she traveled there. And I'm if she didn't. And she killed the entire Imperial royal family and plunged the entire continent of Sean Sean into chaos. And like civil war. I think, yeah. Right? Like, chaos fuck. and civil war and everybody's trying to figure out who should be leader of what and all this sort of stuff. So the second the Empress died, Tuan became the, the Empress. Empress of Sean Sean Empire. She did not know this at the time, but she became it. And... If Semirog had been able to find Tuan at this time, she would have killed Tuan and then made Suroth the Empress. But, uh, anyways. So, eventually, Matt and Tuan split up. Or she, he continues on his adventures, and she tiddly these back to Ebdar. She's recognized as Empress for Tuona, and she orders an assault on the White Tower because she's mad at Rand. I, I am pretty sure that's how that happens. I haven't got to that part in the books yet. I'll be there soon. But I'm pretty sure her thing with Rand goes really badly, and then she orders the assault on the White Tower. Horrible. Implying that it was his fault. So during this assault on the White Tower, many women are kidnapped and enslaved as demone. Again. So through this, the Shanshaf were also able to access the Weaver traveling, which was generally not fucking good. Thanks, Elida. Yeah. Part of why they weren't being super successful at any given time was the inconvenience of having to bring a hundred or multiple hundreds of thousands of people across the ocean in a ship every time they wanted to do anything. Yep. If they can just travel. Yep. It's bad. It's not good. So, uh, after Randall Thor climbs Dick Mountain and he's cleansed of his madness, uh, he then... Meditates for a while. Yeah, he meditates for a while. He gets chill. Does some things. One of the things he does is he shows up and he talks Tuan into joining the Dragon's Peace, which is great, because that basically negates the whole traveling issue for some people. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they join the Dragon's Peace, but in part of that, he cedes Terabon, Altara, Almadicia, and half of Almuth Plain to them, and presumably probably at Seafolk Island. But nobody cares about Seafolk. <laughs> so Sean Chun fight in the last battle. They do a big old gotcha gooperoony. Uh, they win. People die. <laughs> that, that whole scene in The Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies, yeah. where you don't think the elves are going to jump over the dwarves, and then the yeah. elves jump over the dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> the Shan Chan kind of did that. The gotcha gooperoony, indeed. And then, yeah, last battle's won. They think Rand's dead. And Fortuona and Matt are going to go back to Sean Chan to restore the Empire and Imperialism. Or at least they would have if Robert Jordan hadn't died. Yeah. But I think it's still stated that that's their intention. Hmm. But it's not canon unless I read it in the book. And she might be pregnant, I think. Horrendous. Yeah, not good. Um, Matt, how could you? <laughs> Talamans, how could you? <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> She would never. She would do whatever the fuck she wanted at any given time. I just think, like, his standing, you know? She couldn't bring herself. She's got a thing for it. Alright. So we had other talk <laughs> on Sean Sean that we wanted to do. I think it's still fine. It's still like a 45-minute episode. Yeah. That's so, true. Yeah, so let's, That's... Just, I mean, let's just get into it. Oh, do you want to do the whole thing? We're... Yeah, fuck it! Oh, shit. Do we need to take a smoke break? Maybe. Might be a good idea. I like that idea. Alright. And now we enter part two of our discussion, also known as It 
gets political. <laughs> and uh, this is where we're going to unpack the entire high history we just we just did because there's some fucked up shit in there that I really hate. <laughs> um, we had a couple points written down and hopefully we can get in on that. What was the first one? The Warring Nations and how it's mm. described. Okay, so I'm going to turn to the sacred Jedi texts. The world of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, also known as the big book of bad art. <laughs> it's so bad. And we're going to talk about that, too. Wait, are all the bookmarks gone out of here? I didn't take them out. Oh, perfect. That means they should still be in here somewhere. I saw you flip past some. There's one. I think that's the one I'm actually just at. Yep. Oh, frick. There's one. Hey! Chapter so 17. Put them up top. Chapter 17. Sean Chan. <clears throat> so I just want to go in and quibble a bit about some of the language that's being used by Robert Jordan to describe his own world here. Okay. Before Hawkwing sent Luther and his armies across the ocean, Sean Chan was a constantly shifting quilt of nations of various sizes, most ruled by Aes Sedai. Any attempt to mass map the history of Shanchan would drive a cartographer to madness, for borders shifted with frequent wars as countries were swallowed whole or divided, and rebellions split off parts of others that sometimes grew into nationhood and sometimes were consumed. And, alright. <sighs> Whatever, sure, that's the history of Shanchan. But the language there is exactly how conservative sh like shitheads like to talk about the French, British, and Spanish colonization of the Americas. Trying to justify Americas. colonialism. And I'm specifically Sorry, there is no justification for colonialism. Let's make that fucking clear. Exactly. Like, don't pull that shit. Oh, they were fighting before we got here. And but it was none of your business. Exactly. You didn't have to get involved. They were perfectly capable of handling it themselves, and you infantil infantilize them. I, I, infantilized. I, infantilized them. Sure. <laughs> that sounds weird. Manipulated them. Yeah. It, committed it, a genocide. You viewed them. Are committing a genocide. Yeah. Because you right. viewed them as less than yourselves. That's not something that you can fucking justify. No, it's fucking bullshit. But you get these conservative personalities out there on the internet. And I put personalities in air quotes. You get fucking Jordan B. Peterson. Paul Joseph Watson, fucking Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro. What's that movie that Leonardo DiCaprio actually won an Oscar for? The Revenant? Yeah, The Revenant. Why couldn't we have just had that about fucking indigenous people mm. and characters and stuff? Really, like, though. Um, but it's the we way... We literally could have. It's the way all of these conservative voices are talking about pre-colonial Americas as if not having constant borders and, you know... Mm -hmm. Having shifting politics and and fucking n national dynamics is somehow a thing that justifies genocide, ongoing genocide over centuries. Mm -hmm. It's fucking bullshit, and I hate how it's being used here. We're, we're getting used to that wording, so we mm -hmm. don't think anything of it when yeah. it comes up, right? And something we talked about last night, too, was the socialization of Robert Jordan and why Robert Jordan believed the things that he did, because he was indoctrinated into this society. He was born in 1948. Indigenous people are still not looked upon well in America and face significant discrimination in America. And in the time that Robert Jordan was 
during his formative years when he was young and he was, was developing and he was absorbing these ideas, it was it was worse. And we're not trying to make judgment calls here and say Canada is atrocious. We we are fucking we are atrocious for indigenous issues. We are horrible in literally every single aspect historically and now. Yeah, and I want to be clear, yes, we're not just like pointing fingers at another country. But I'm also not pointing fingers at Robert Jordan and trying to necessarily demonize him in this exact instance. Mm -hmm. What I'm certainly saying is that the way he was brought up comes out. Mm -hmm. The way he was brought up is how a whole fuckload of people have been and are still being brought up. It's an ongoing issue. Mm -hmm. And we can use this as an example of seeing it. And it's a secular process, too, because the more you see and hear that shit, the more you see and say that or... The more that you display and say that shit, and the more other people see and hear that shit. And, and go on to display it. Yeah, it's it's like a fucking... It's... I'm gonna go fucking into sociology here for a second. Bear with mm. me. There are four agents of socialization that we commonly think of. The four, like, main kind of agents of socialization. We have your family, we have your peers, we have educational institutions, and we have the media. Things that we read, believe it or not, count as media. Even if you're not, even if it's not news, it's still media. TV is media. Pop culture media is fucking yeah. media. Pop culture is media. It influences your attitudes and ideas, all that sort of shit. Art is media. Yes, art is media. That's literally what it is. We have to break it down the same way we break down the news because it fucking reflects the same things. And we need to call out the shit in media that we consume so that we can recognize it, do better in the future, and not be bad people. And so the point of this is... The way that you talk about things matters and the tropes that you use matter. Luther Pendrag was not the hero of the story of Shan Chan. Mm. Right? That's the thing we need to remember. Just because it was chaos before he got there doesn't mean he was justified in all of the atrocities he committed. And, you know, it's his fault as those atrocities continued through time, too. Like I'd also like to argue that Christopher Columbus, believe it or not, is also worse than Emmett Valda and all colon- our colonizers of that early area were. Because in addition to the enslavement... Because believe it or not, yes, in Canada, we had slavery. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't Canada yet. That's why you all take the cop out. But the land that we now call Canada had slavery, and we need to acknowledge that. Both indigenous people and of black people. Mm-hmm. It's fucked. Anyways. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> One oh, uh, because there was also this whole sexual assault matter that appears to have been largely ignored. In this series. So Christopher Columbus, worse than Luther Pendrag. Or Robert Jordan just doesn't write about that. Yeah. But in any case, the way we... um, I hate the way this is fucking written. Yep. Because he's trying to justify Luther Pendrag's point of view. Mm-hmm. It's the way it's bullshit. implicitly written. It shows implicit bias within that. Okay. Who oh boy. What's up? Orientalism. Okay, so listen. Shanchan's just Asia, yeah. 
the way like, in which it's portrayed and everything. We acknowledge that the Borderlands are also somewhat written as Asia, but Sean Sean is just Asia, and then he gave them different skin colors. Yeah. It's really weird. It's very but clear. But an incredibly in... diverse place, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Just based on solution and two on. That's true. Just like in terms of skin tone, but culturally. Culturally, he They writes... are completely fucking Asia, like... He, he's written them as And, like, really weird... bad Asian stereotypes, too. Yeah. Like, it's the, not... The intense caste system and the, yeah. you know, the lacquered nails because your class is mm-hmm. your defining feature and everybody's brainwashed into knowing all these little things about how class and yep. honor and stuff And the omens and even the way they dress. Like, it's all so, so clear and blatant. And, and if that wasn't enough, we do have... Again, the world of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. I know it's the book of bad art, but if you head over to page 158 in the section on Sean Sean, there's just this really fucked picture of a Suldam and a Domane, but they're like very clearly both drawn as Asian women. One of them has chopsticks in her bun. Yeah. They've got very, very skinny eyes and tight mouths, and they've got the, you know, kind of the bowl cut black Mm -hmm. hair. And the, he kids you not. The background is a white, just a white field, right? A, a white, uh, a white square. Plane, white square with a orangey red. I'm not mistaken in that, right? Yeah. An orangey red circle in the middle of it. And isn't like, that just kind of the Japanese flag, flag with just a little bit more yellow? Yeah, it's just. The continent was just literally supposed to be this stereotype of these brainwashed yellow hordes Mm -hmm. in the same way that we get that in the real world today, where we're supposed to believe people from certain countries in Asia are just unanimously these brainwashed people worshipping a god emperor dictator, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The emperor or empress. Yes. Right? It's, it's... It's very, very blatant. Yeah. It's blatantly written as a little Asian racism fanfic thing. It's very Orientalist and Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yep. Absolutely. And I think we also have to talk about Robert Jordan's experiences with Asia. Oh, actually, sorry. There was one more thing I just remembered. Yes. You can tell that this is the case... Partially because of the language that they use to talk about them, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so listen. This is a thing that happens in the real world. A country that, say, Canada, the US, or the UK is allied with is able to do incredibly undemocratic things and still be considered a democratic place, Mm -hmm. right? For example, Canada gets very high uh, ratings for our democratic index worldwide, right? Mm-hmm. Incredible ratings. Here's the thing. When we're a fucking monarchy. We have a queen who can veto anything that we come up with democratically if she so chooses. That's bullshit. In order to get into a uh, government-funded summer camp in Alberta once... I had to pledge allegiance to the queen just in case I hadn't done that enough by being a Canadian citizen. That was a thing that happened to me in my life, right? 
we have fucking members of our provincial parliament in Ontario trying to propose that they should have to, oh, what was it? Sing God Save the Queen at the beginning of every sitting of parliament. And people are going along with it. As if that's not just the biggest slap in the face to indigenous people. Like, yep. anyway, um, and so Canada, a democratic republic, socialistic paradise, right? One of the greatest places to live in the world, but we have a monarch with complete dictatorial power over anything we do, theoretically, mm-hmm. right? But we, we have gun for generals to distance it from us a little bit, but like she can supersede them at any time, I'm pretty sure. But then you get, um, sorry, you can go ahead. And here's the thing. Why the fuck does she have power over me? The only difference between her and me is that she's more inbred. You're like, really? Like, Like, how the fuck are there still monarchies in the world? It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Um, but. Especially because she chose, or not she chose. No, she did choose. She married her cousin. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) But then. At the same time as Canada's getting all this praise for our incredible democracy, you get countries like Cuba or Venezuela, where the UN and other independent, unbiased organizations, including fucking Jimmy Carter's democracy watchdog organization, have said these are incredibly democratic places with very well-functioning democracies. But, oh no, those are dictatorships and regimes... To our media and to our, mm-hmm. our our political parties, right? Yeah. Th- those are dynasties. They're tyrants, right? They're rogue states. It's they specifically refer to Luther Pendrag's dynasty. And this is my problem. As soon as Luther Pendrag starts it, it becomes a dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. It's given all this ha hullabaloo. I really dislike. How Robert Jordan writes about Sean Sean. Yes. And the woo. Or, yes, and, and now. so now I think it's time. Now we're going to talk about why Robert Jordan talks about Asian countries the way he does. And we're going to talk about that within the frames of socialization. Socialization is a process of human learning, if you don't know this. I don't know why I'm talking so condescendingly. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> Listeners, we're not trying to talk down to you. I'm going to just redo that. Process of socialization. So socialization, for anybody who doesn't know, is just the process of how humans learn things through being exposed to things, um, being, we learn social norms, so what's normal, what's considered good behavior through social, our, we learn what's considered socially deviant, what is considered unacceptable behavior through the process of social sanctions, so either positive or Negative. negative reactions to our behavior through which we then hone ourselves. So a lot of people actually argue that humans don't have free will and we're just a product of socialization. And, you know, as evidence of that, like, what is general reaction yeah. when someone wears clothes that people don't think prescri- uh, go along with their perceived gender. gender? Yeah. Yeah. They are met just with... Just had a student email me about that the first time that they went out and in clothing of their preferred gender, and they were scared to go outside again. So stop fucking doing that. It's it's fucking violent, and it kills people. If you do that, I assume that most of you don't. Yeah, like... Oh, man. But, like, the social sanctions, you, you verbal and physical harassment, and that's what, sorry, that's what I'm talking about, Sometimes leading up to death, right? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. 
escalating yeah. to death in a lot of cases. There's particularly black transgender women. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, this is going to get a little bit spicy. This, this whole thing hasn't been spicy. <laughs> no, I know. The deadliest war in American history mm-hmm. was the Civil War. Mm-hmm. If you were enlisted in the Civil War, you had a 1 in 15 chance of dying. Mm-hmm. As of 2015, if you are a transgender woman in the United States, you have a 1 in 14 chance of just being outright murdered. Right? I validated those statistics back in 2015. That's why I That's why I say mm-hmm. 2015. I don't know what the statistics are today. And but we do know they are worse when it's a black woman. Mm-hmm. And this is not to sensationalize violence. This is to say this is happening and you need to pay attention or it will continue to keep happening. And not only do you need to pay attention, you need to fucking do something. Social sanctions fucking kill people. Yep. Literally. Um, if somebody is considered too socially dif- deviant, they are killed. See the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Present in most countries' history at some point or another. And still to this day in many. Because remember, we just made laws up. A lot of them make sense, sure. We certainly think so, based on our society. But we did just make them up. No, none of those laws are written in nature. Everything around us, like, not everything around us, but most of the things that we interact with and think about in our daily lives are social constructs. Mm-hmm. Just bullshit that somebody made up at some point. And so this is all to say... The world is the matrix. We are not necessarily trying to personally demonize Robert Jordan when we launch into this discussion. Because socialization is a very real, mm-hmm. vivid, and scary thing. Mm-hmm. And he would have went through it in his own time, too. And yep. it affected the way he wrote in very real ways that we have to address. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the fact that Robert Jordan served two ter- or terms in Vietnam and grew up during Vietnam and all the anti-Vietnam propaganda. Mm-hmm. And we can also remember that when he was born, the U.S. was riding this huge tide of post-World War II and pre-World mm-hmm. War II anti-Japanese sentiment, too, right? Yep. Like, he grew up and became an adult and through his formative years and shit in decades where, like, Americans were really not supposed to like Asian people. And the Korean War just happened, too. The Korean War just happened, too. it happened when he was two. There we go. I looked it up. Nice. And so... I love having my computer screen. (laughs) You have the U.S. going over into Asia and committing horrifying war crimes. One and a half. I counted months wrong. Whoops. Um, But they're committing horrifying war crimes, right? Um, Undeniably. If you try to defend that, fuck off. We don't want you. And like... Like, honestly. And so, at the same time, American media, including arts and pop culture and news, are really working hard, whether it's intentional on an individual level or not. They are all churning out this massive anti-Asian propaganda machine that influenced how Robert Jordan wrote, probably influenced his decision if it was one. I'm not sure if he was drafted or not. I'm not sure. It, but but he, it, it, even it if he was, yeah, even if he was drafted, he would have then immediately been put into the anti-Vietnam war machine. He would have been, as part of his training, would have been desensitized to violence. Mm-hmm. He would have been given propaganda in order to make him willing to harm these people if necessary. Mm -hmm. Because he was a helicopter gunner. He was shooting people. Mm -hmm. And Nixon and Kissinger, in the end, 
whipped the fucking American military into such a frenzy that it was committing horrifying war crimes like the My Lai Massacre, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, radiation poisoning mm-hmm. uh, agricultural lands. Uh, poisoning water supplies. Mm-hmm. War crimes. Mass murder if of civilians. If you disagree with that, we don't want you here. Honestly. That's just a denial um, of facts. But... I, <laughs> So Robert Jordan was part of that. And whether he was individually racist is really kind of beyond the point. Mm-hmm. Because when he came out of that, he proceeded to make this giant book series in which he was, again, intentionally or not, indoctrinating people or desensitizing people. Continuing to affirm cultural norms yeah, c- and Continuing to affirm. There we go. Exactly. He's reaffirming Orientalism, well, whether intentionally or not. And it's mm-hmm. a bad fucking thing. Even though he flipped his map and made them west instead of east. We saw <laughs> through that. <laughs> but really, though. Shara is also Asia. Yeah. Anywhere that's not the... Anywhere that's south of the borderlands in Asia. Or, sorry. Anywhere that's south of the borderlands in the westlands is not Asia. Everywhere else, at least a little bit Asian. Yeah. Which is why there's a desert in between, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's important to notice when these things come up, mm-hmm. because if you're not reading, looking for this shit, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to read seven entire books and not notice what was weird about Rita Skeeter. Mm-hmm. You're not going to understand why the goblins are a bad thing in Harry Potter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If, if we don't look for this shit. We allow We're allowing these stereotypes to, to perpetuate, and we allow ourselves and others to be indoctrinated. We're, and we're not necessarily, reaffirm. yeah, we're not saying that the wheel of time needs to be fucking taken back and rewritten. That's not what it's saying, but we need to acknowledge this so that people are aware of it. Because if they're aware of it, they're less likely to continue to be indoctrinated by it. We're not immune to propaganda, but we should try and see through the propaganda whenever the key we can. Is critical thinking skills. Yeah. And I'm going to bitch about this as an educator for go, a second. Go off, girl. Because that's the big fucking thing. I teach social science. The big thing that I want kids to fucking have when they leave my classroom is critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. I want them to be able to tell what is fake fucking news. I want them to read past that article they saw shared on Facebook and mm-hmm. try something else. I want to give them tools to do it. I want them to know what to look for, and I want to give them the drive to actually know it. And, like, that's just being a responsible fucking person in our society. When you know that there's so much information out there that is false, that is designed to make you believe something that is not true to the detriment of someone else generally, it is your responsibility to do your fucking background research. Mm-hmm. You have an obligation to try and be woke. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna fucking say it. In a bro- <laughs> I'm, I'm a paraphrase here. In a broke world, it is not sufficient to be woke. You also have to be bespoke. Yes. <laughs> like, you need to be watching for this shit or you are letting it happen. And remember, what you are letting happen is war crimes. Yep. <laughs> and the justification of war crimes. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing. Is that shit? The genocide of indigenous women in Canada continues to this fucking day. Mm-hmm. Look at missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada. They go missing and are murdered at 20 times the rate of white women. 
That is fucked up. And police don't look for them. There have literally been instances where police interview 15-year-old girls who have been reported missing, identify them, identify that they were missing, and fucking let them go, and then they end up dead. Mm -hmm. Tina Fontaine. Yeah. It's horrible. And... And this is shit I teach about in my social science classes because it is my fucking responsibility to do so. And so this is our point. The least you so can I'm do. The least you can do is admit that there's some fucked up shit in some books. We're not about, saying you can't enjoy like, them, but you you have to acknowledge it. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Yeah. We're not, it's not about canceling Robert Jordan or getting people to stop buying the Wheel of Time. It's not it's about... It's to get people to use their fucking heads and recognize what's in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's about life and death for some other people. Yes. And for you, it's just about what you do in some of your spare time. Yeah. <laughs> and there's probably lots of people that follow us who are some of those people. I feel like we're speaking a lot... <laughs> Two other privileged people, because generally in public we appear as privileged people. Yeah. We are white people. We do generally appear to be in a heterosexual relationship. Yeah, there's a lot of people that listen to us who probably don't need to hear this. Yeah, and we completely acknowledge that. We love you, we support you, but there are some people who do, and it, they need a... to hear it from somebody. And honestly, if you've been on Twitter for any length of time, you, you see it in the community. Yep. You see a lot of great people and you see a lot of shitty people. Mm -hmm. And so I am speaking to the shitty people in the community when I'm talking about yeah. this shit. Although I feel like they probably don't listen to us. I feel like we scared them off by now. Yeah, they'd be better people in the community if they did listen to us. <laughs> about becoming better people? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Now that we... I think... How now long has it been? How long have we preached? Over an hour and ten. We've been going hard. Okay, that's not too bad, though. That's not obscene. But but anyway, ha having both done all this research for this Sean Chan High history, we mm -hmm. felt like we needed to have this discussion. Because it was, oh, it was egregious. It was really not fun to read, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wasn't good. All right. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> this has been the Sean Chan High history. Comedy Central presents The Roast, Roast of, of Luther, Luther Pendrag. <laughs> Alright, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weeded Time Podcast, and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord at the Weed of Time, and check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like access to all of the notes and research for this episode. <laughs> She's just laughing at me, suggesting the people listen to it again. <laughs> Uh, I'm just imagining, like, uh, after all that, rate and review, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a second to rate <laughs> and review our podcast. Just moments after this recording took place, Shame launched into a fit of hysteric coughing that lasted about 10 minutes. So this is Deng coming in a little bit later after she's calmed down and caught her breath to say, if you did have a minute to rate or review our podcast, we'd really appreciate it because it helps extend our reach. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time. Remember that the weed weaves. As the weed wills. Bye. <coughs>
stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching for me. If I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms I'd go sailing. It's far beyond the star. It's near beyond the moon. I know beyond the doubt, my. We'll kiss just as before Happy we'll be beyond the sea And never again I'll go See you. 